Okay, hi everybody. It's another episode of On Purpose. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and over there, um, at a very safe distance, is uh, Heidi Stevens, the columnist from the Chicago Tribune. We all know and love. Hi, Heidi. Hi, John. How's it going? We have we have for the first time, I think, we have guests today. I know. I'm so excited. I'm super excited, and um, and I'm anxious to get right to it. Uh, do you mind introducing? Uh, Sherry, who you know, and maybe Sherry can introduce uh, Rainia, who she knows. Yeah, so Sherry is a longtime friend of mine. She and I were emailing back and forth earlier this week about Amy Cooper, the white woman in Central Park who called the cops on the black bird watcher who wanted her to leash her dog, which is the rules in that part of Central Park. You're supposed to leash your dog. Um, And how that coincided with the death of George Floyd, who had the Minneapolis police officer kneeling on his neck. Um, And Sherry said, we need to talk about this. And we decided this podcast was a great place to do that. So Sherry um, so graciously agreed to join us today, have some of these conversations with us. And she invited her friend Rainia to join us. And I'll let Sherry introduce Rainia because I don't, um, I have not met Rainia in person. My Ray Ray. She's affectionately known as Ray Ray. And I'll call her Ladybug. <laughs> we, um, raised our, our boys together. Unfortunately, she moved to Boston, so it's hard getting through day-to-day without her being physically here, but um, we're always there for each other. So, Rainia, you've been in Boston for for how long now? Almost 12 years since Cole was born. Wow, that's crazy. It's been a long time. But Sherry and I live our lives together. I love Chicago still. My heart is still in Chicago, and... um, I have my two best friends there. So uh, even though I'm not physically there, like she said, I live life with Sherry daily. And her Although, son, Raina, we know that you that we know that you sang um, the national anthem, not a Chicago Cubs or White Sox game, but at a Boston <laughs> Red Sox game. I don't know how to take this. Yes, it was it was amazing. <laughs> I'm a singer. I went on tour. I sang for Oprah as well when um, she had the trip of the lifetime. So I sing. But my main priority is raising my three wonderful, fabulous black sons that um, I'm petrified to raise in a day and age like now. And I know that's what we're going to talk about today. But yes, that's what I do for joy. But today I'm just really sad. Yeah. Rainia, how old are your sons? 11, 14 and 17. Okay. And Sherry, Miles is what, 15, 16? He'll be 16 at the end of June. Can you believe it? Wow. I know. So let's start there. I mean, I think that, Mm um, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know if white people try hard enough to understand it, but I think whether we're trying hard enough to or not, we can't really understand the fear of parents who are raising black kids who will grow up and be black adults who will have the cops called on them for something as simple as asking a woman to put a leash on her dog. I mean, talk, talk a little bit about that fear, because I think we need to hear it and witness it and try to understand it. Well, that's why we're, we're grateful to be having this conversation. And we have to keep talking to 
all of our friends about our our fury and our fear. Um, like I said, my son Miles uh, will be 16. We live in Bronzeville. We've been here 20 years. And um, it scares me when he leaves the house, when he takes the dogs for a walk. Um, it scares me to think that he'll be driving soon and be out there and potentially run a red light and get pulled over. And so we have had the conversations with our son since he was three. We started when he was three years old telling him that as a black boy, you're judged differently. You have to be careful. You can't make bad choices because they won't give you a second chance. And every time something like this happens, we have to sit down and have a conversation with him, and he's become numb. He is numb to it. Not only do we have to have the conversations about the police killing unarmed black boys and girls, but the black-on-black crime. So it's not easy. It's just not easy. And um, I'm kind of grateful in a weird way that we're all stuck at home right now. Um, yeah. Because I feel like now that the weather is getting nice, people, because we're all so pent up, that people are just going to lose their minds and go crazy. I feel that way. I really do. Do you guys feel that? I, I feel that a little bit and I feel like um, we're watching that play out as a result of the George Floyd killing and in a way that I honestly feel is justified. It's hard for me mm -hmm. to look at what's happening in Minneapolis and Colorado and New York and you know cities around the world that are protesting in solidarity and feel like that's not justified. I, I don't know. What are you supposed to do if you can't kneel at a football game, if you can't politely, you know, tell the police that you're doing your job um, like the CNN reporter did, if you can't peacefully protest and, and see any change affected, I sort of don't know what choice you're left with other than to, you no, know, there is, take more. There is no other choice. There really isn't. Until they arrest those cops. Yeah. This is going to continue. One thing I'm... For, for me... I, I, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rania. Rania. No worries. For me, I feel like cops swear in after they finish the academy to protect and serve. And they have completely abused their powers. If the laws do not change, this is not going to stop. I mean, since 1619, we've been dealing with slavery, Jim Crow, the Ku Klux Klan, the civil rights movement came out of police brutality and the Black Panther Party. And a lot of white people, they don't know our history. They don't understand the abuse. And to me, like the, the terrorism that we've been going through just because of the color of our skin. And what's unique about me, Sherry wanted me to talk about, I present as white. My skin is white. My hair is more white. I am multiracial. However, I grew up, I grew up in an all black and Hispanic neighborhood. 
inside out, I'm black. I don't, I don't know my white side of my family through ancestry. I just found them, but I am culturally, psychographically, my kids, my husband's black, my kids are black. So for me, I see so much more racism and experience, and I'm always the upstander because I hear things I shouldn't hear. And I'm like, why did you just say that? Because people don't know what I am. And it makes me so angry. My husband was stopped once in Chicago and it was a, a white woman that stopped him and she was just yelling and screaming at him. He didn't do anything except for slowly roll to a stop sign. And she actually handcuffed my husband and took him down with my kids in the back. And I would not stop. I was so angry. I filed a tab on her because I know my rights. You know, I called in, I called the police commissioner and I, I had her suspended for a while because I was like, this has to stop. And it has to stop at the highest level. And people, it's not just about we need a black leader because we don't have a strong, we don't have a Martin Luther King today. We need our white allies to start standing up and saying enough. And, and white people do not understand when my sons go out and ride their bike, I have to talk to them for 10 minutes. Please don't go in this neighborhood. Don't say that. If a cop stops you, make sure you put your hands. I mean, we have to have a 10, 15 minute conversation. We live with this amount of stress that white people never have to think of. And it's just, it's no, just needs to stop it. It's not fair. That's something I think that you, I think you guys are both so right that we don't have to think about that. Sherry, when you describe Miles as feeling yeah. numb, numb, you know, and he's been hearing these, these talks from you since he was three years old. And Rainia, when you, when you talk about your kids and you have to guide them through certain things to avoid oh law enforcement, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, so right. I have a son, he's 24. He's been through all these stages. Not one time in George's life have I had to warn him about that neighborhood or the police. And so, you know, when you, when you say there's white privilege for real and that, you know, we cannot relate, I will cop to that. Like, you know, I cannot relate. I, so I have to listen in order to understand. And when I hear just the stories that you're telling so far, I'm honestly shaking. I'm thinking like, wow, how, how are kids who are supposed to have all these other developmental things going on in their lives and some sense of innocence, how are they supposed to take this in and not be angry and resentful themselves? You know, like, and how do you, how do you um, find that lane where you can raise your kids despite all of this fear? Can we, can we talk politics? Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I have a unique perspective because I grew up around all white people. My dad had a construction company and he'd bid jobs and we'd move every two or three years. So I think I've told you, Heidi, we lived in North Dakota, Wyoming, New Mexico, Colorado. Um, my parents lived in Alaska. I didn't live with them when they lived in Alaska. I was in school. Um, so I had the perspective of being a, the minority, being the only black girl in the class, and it toughens me up for sure. I have thick skin because of that experience, but I also know how blatant racism is because I heard the N-word a lot. Um, so, 
now we chose to live in Bronzeville, which is predominantly black. Miles goes to Mount Carmel, which is a very diverse school. And I think he has advantages is he's able to maneuver in all different um different um places. Demographics, yeah. Demographics, exactly. Mm-hmm. So when um we go to Washington State, which is where my mom and dad lived, where they live, which is eastern Wash Washington, is Republican, all Republican. And my mom and dad's neighbors have Trump signs in their yard, all of them, and they still are supporting him today, if you can believe that. So I feel like until we get this man out of office, our lives are going to continue to be miserable. Did you hear what the man said about if you loot, we will shoot? Yeah, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, quoting George Wallace yeah. from 68. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, so, I, mm-hmm. I totally agree, Sherry. I also worry a little bit, just speaking as a white lady, that that white people will fall back into some sort of complacency if we get a better president in office. Because I'm thinking... You were having these conversations with Miles when he was three. So that was 13 years ago. So that was way before Trump was in office. Rainia, you were talking about this dating back to 1619, where you're bringing up events in yes. history that like yes. way pre, so, so this stuff like predates Trump, existed through Obama. And I, and I, I could not agree with you more, Sherry, that this president needs to get out. I think I, I today, I, I mean, I have wished for someone different in the White House from the second he got inaugurated, but I have never wished for it more vehemently than this morning when I'm seeing his tweets. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that we have to have this conversation, even if Joe Biden wins, um, even while Obama was president, because like this stuff, the the president sets the tone, but like there, it's also, it way predates and postdates whoever's in the White House, right? Oh, yes. This Mm -hmm. is a generational problem. And I think that enough, there's not enough white people that acknowledge that this is a problem. This is not an isolated incident at all. We have a systemic historical problem of consistent racist patterns by the police, which equals police brutality. I don't care what George Floyd did. I, I don't care. He did not have to die. What, what are the laws? What are the protocols? You know, put handcuffs on him. Put him in the back of the, the, the police car that has the cage. Taser him anything but to kill a man and then the other police officers standing by while he was handcuffed while he was handcuffed what could he have done with handcuffs on it's just that you needed a kneel on his neck the abuse of power it 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 needs to stop and everybody needs to get at the table and we have to have laws that have to change i am sick of it i am so angry it's enough is enough do you think a a better reading and understanding and grasping of history is a good place to start. I mean, I'm when I'm having conversations this week, especially with like 
you know, decent hearted people who want to affect change. A lot of them are asking like, what can I do? What can I read? I keep seeing over mm-hmm. and over. What can I read? Do you keep seeing that too? You guys, I mean, from white people, mostly the ones who need the educating. Well, they, start, they can start with Jim Crow. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's a good start. Um, I know. And why, why is that a good place to start? Because if they're they're open-minded and they're allies, they will learn the history. Um, but I think there's so many people who don't care. They just don't care. And they we can't change their minds. We'll never be able to change their minds. I think if it doesn't affect you, like, for example, using COVID-19, something we all can relate to. Many people, you know, in the beginning, you saw these funny memes, these great videos, everybody's laughing and cracking up and thinking it's fun. Well, it's not funny when you get a call that your grandmother who's in a nursing home just passed away. So when things hit home, it, uh, people start caring. The problem is this will never hit home with white people. They will never understand and really truly be able to empathize. But that doesn't mean that they can't be our allies to help affect change. We need more voices. Mm-hmm. It can't just be people of color yelling and screaming and saying, and we need white allies of power to come together to say enough is enough because they will never understand and empathize with the anger, the sense of helplessness, the sense of hopelessness and the powerlessness that we feel. No matter how educated you are, this has nothing to do with education. It has to do with your skin color. My, my husband's in finance. He used to go to work every day in a suit. This little old lady loved him. Hi, sweetie, how are you? Opens the door for him. One Saturday, I took him to work. I'm sitting in front. I let him out. He says hello to him. She grabs a pocketbook. He's the same person. She did not recognize wow. him because he looked differently. She judged him. My husband went to Princeton and Harvard Business School. Are you kidding me? Just because he has black skin? And, and I don't, like I said, I don't care what, I don't care about your education. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you, you afford $20. I don't care. You have to, these cops have to treat everybody with dignity and respect. And because the skin color, my girlfriend, I just walked with this morning for four miles. She told me a story that happened last night, just last night. She's the only black person, only black family in her white neighborhood here in Boston. She's walking with her family and they're talking about this. And they're just going out to become, to be healthy and to bond with their kids and, and just to have an evening walk in their neighborhood. And this six-year-old little black boy, you know what he says? He says to his sister, he pulls her back. He says, don't speak to brown people. My, my girlfriend was so traumatized. They didn't say anything. They didn't know what to say. When she got home and she talked to her daughter, she said her daughter cried at the dinner table. She's like, mommy, why would that six-year-old kid think that? Where do you think that six-year-old kid learned from? His parents at the dinner table, the news. So, so she's going to go back and, and talk to that family. because said, You can't just do anything. This morning we went walking together. And this white gentleman had a pit bull. He was off leash. There's signs everywhere in this park. It says, your dog must be leashed. So I said, excuse me. My dog was mauled by a dog. Uh, my son was mauled at the age of a year and a half by a pit bull. And I said, can you please put your dog on the leash? He says, why? Is the dog bothering you? I said, you know what? I'm done. I just called 911. I told him, I said, there's a guy. He's being belligerent. You know, it doesn't matter. Just like with sexual harassment. Did you, you say, Ray, be did you, Ray, did you say there's a white guy that's, that, that won't put his dog away? Threatening me. <laughs> no, I, well, no, I don't know. 
in the ramble. Nope, I'm not hitching Nope, I'm going by the law. The law says your dog should be on the leash. And the woman was like, we're going right away, ma'am. She said, don't approach him. I said, I'm not going to approach him. I don't have anything to say to the dude. He needs to put his leash because I'm old enough to know to walk away. But what if there's a four-year-old kid behind me walking and goes near the dog and the dog gets mauled? I'm trying to protect and save lives. I'm trying to do what police officers are sworn in to do. They don't. And sure, and you, you make that offices. right. So we, we make that joke about like, did, did you say it was a white guy? And all of us were, were were laughing, but it does suggest how clearly systemic white all privilege. of this is. So as as, as a white man, I think mm-hmm. about this a lot, and I think like you know, um, almost like a little holier than thou, like oh, I would never do that, or I don't carry any racism, and it makes me wonder, ooh. How blind am I? Like, what am I missing about my own problem, my contribution to this? And I think what yeah. I hear you guys saying is something along the lines of, hey, get out and do something. Like, be be a presence and be yes. an ally. That's yes. the word I'm hearing more than anything else. So yes. for, for someone in my shoes who, you know, what, what does that look like? What, is, what does an alliance look like? Well, you know, we started it today. I encourage you and Heidi to talk about race relations and all the craziness in the world as much as you can. I think Mm -hmm. that that will open some eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, and to me, I just think that people of different races, they stay in their world, they stay where they're comfortable. Like how many, many black people come to your dinner table? How many friends do you have? Who do you hang out with? You know, right. do you really sit and try to understand and empathize? I've been receiving so many texts, and I told you, I present in the world white, but people know clearly what my ethnicity is and my culture and who I am. I've gotten like nine texts this morning from my white friends. And they're like, I'm so sorry, Rania. What can I do? You know, my family, we're, we're just, it, every night we're sad. We're praying. What, what can we do? And I think that that's the question that many people are asking. And we have to all come to the table and sit down and have these, and get the media trying to come together. And, and it, it just disgusts me sometimes with the media, how they present things. You know, they have all the power and control to present things in a certain way. Like, though I may not agree with and condone, you know, burning down buildings, I do understand it because it's anger. And these many and microaggressions have been happening for generations. This is not once this is 1690 this has been happening in different ways for generations how can you you know what and empathize you know uh al sharpton was on msnbc this morning and uh joy reed was interviewing him and he said people don't understand that the riots happen after police abuse they don't happen any other time we're not out here rioting over black on black crime we're not rioting because you know we're poor and we don't have any businesses in our communities other than liquor stores and currency exchanges we are rioting because they didn't arrest those police officers that's the reason Right. right, and it make, and it because our lives are not equal, that's what it's, it's 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 telling us we're not equal. We don't matter, and so people get upset about Black Lives Matter. But what is like if it's a historical systemic problem? 
how is it changing? What is, what is anyone doing to make us feel like our lives do matter? Yes, they fire them. Yay. But why are they not arrested? Why? If that and was how, a, it would, if it was a white person, they would have been arrested. 100%. And how long are communities supposed to wait around for change, you know, and how long do you have to be polite and peaceful and politely uh, ask for... I, I think we're at a tipping point. I really believe that we're at a tipping point. I believe with all of these, what, three, four lives, three lives in a month, um, unarmed... And that's the, only um, what's being reported, Sherry. That's only right, what because see. This has been right. going on for years. You just don't see that. that, that now the only thing diff- that's different is being recorded. We haven't seen it. Growing up in my neighborhood, I've witnessed this. It just wasn't recorded. We didn't have cell phones. This is not new. Not well, new. yeah, you're seeing that the official accounts, I mean, you even saw this with the CNN reporter, you see the way the department frames it. And then when there's video... Mm-hmm. Um, you know that the way it was framed by the department is not actually in line with the truth. But you, we haven't had evidence to pour through. We haven't had cell phone video and bystander video, um, you know, f- for all that long, you know, in the scheme of history. Um, John, I'm, I'm thinking about the, what you were saying, and it reminds me of, conversations that Michael and I have about, you know, he, he's a film critic for the Tribune and, and often he'll say like, you know, nobody needs me weighing in on this. Like I am the wrong person to, to weigh in on this topic. Like mm-hmm. this needs, um, you know, this needs a voice of color. This needs a, a woman's voice or whatever. And, and, and I, I, I a hundred percent believe that we need, you know, way, 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 way more diverse voices in, in the media and in all everything that gets published, um, or broadcasted, but anybody that has a platform has a following, you you have to be brave. You have to be brave. Yes. That's what what I say. I think, I think we a hundred percent, you, you are the person we need weighing into this. Like this, this cannot, these like, uh, like me too, can't be a movement that only women champion, right? Like race, That's right. Racial equality can't be an issue that only people who are in marginalized communities champion. Like we, these issues have to be all of ours to champion. Otherwise, I don't think change gets affected. Otherwise it would have by now. I think Mm -hmm. it, I think it's, I think it can feel like, oh my God, but I'm going to do it wrong. Or I'm going to sound clueless or I'm going to overstep my, or whatever. You even even said that to me, Heidi, when you wrote the, article uh, was I it did. yesterday yeah you about Amy Cooper did, yes you said you didn't want to come off as a clueless white woman right am I quoting uh, you correctly totally I Sherry I mm. worry about that every time I write about race I worry that I'm coming across as the clueless white woman I rather well, you know, a clueless but you never white do. woman you never do you always, no you always hit it on in your brave you're brave uh, it's, that it, that if you miss the me at all if you miss the mark occasionally, which I haven't read an article where you have, but if you do, so what? Keep doing it, please. Please. I'd rather a clueless white woman that stands up for social justice and for what is right 
regardless well, of what you really know factually, well, I don't well, think Heidi, Heidi is not a lot of not me. She said that. <laughs> But so, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to like ask for praise or whatever. Even mm -hmm. your evaluations, I although I appreciate what you're saying. But I do think it's useful for anybody who's listening who might feel like, oh my god, not my place to talk about, or like, what do I know? I haven't walked a mile in their shoes or whatever. And I think that it might be instructive for people to hear both of you saying, like, no, oh my god, even if you do it wrong or you know or a little bit just awkward it's better than not trying right just stand up yes please so, so what up. i'm struggling with so i i i hear what what all three of you are saying and and i find myself wondering why does this require bravery you know like and and, and this may not be a question that you have to have to answer but it seems so elemental and well, you simple know, you know, right this is we're talking yeah. about well, it yeah. does. It does. But I've heard people, friends of mine, have said, "Well, I don't want to say anything political. I want to be neutral. I don't want to mm. fight. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want my boss to know what my political beliefs are. So I'm just going to stay neutral. I don't. You know, I, I'm just, that's not my place. That's not my spot. That's what they're right. saying. So yes, you do have to be brave. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, and you know. We sadly live in a time, well, let me take sadly out. We live in a time when it's very easy to contact people uh, through social media, through email, whatever. Um, and you get threats, you know, you get death threats. I get death threats. Um, so it's, you know, I'm not trying to be a martyr or pretend to be, uh, but, you know, it, it takes a certain amount of, um, you know, you got to swallow a little bit of like, okay, I, you know, I have kids, I have, you know, like I could, you know, I could write about, um, you know, summer camp and I probably wouldn't get any death threats. <laughs> um, but like, um, and, and some days I do. And like literally yesterday I wrote about summer camp. Um, oh my God. But I, but, and again, I'm not trying to make this about like me and how I do my job, but just to answer your question, John, pe people who, who stick their neck out and, and talk about this stuff, even on social media, like they, you know, it, it takes a certain amount of courage because you risk losing friends and, and maybe a, a job and you risk, um, you know, having threats against your life and your livelihood. And, and so I, I certainly don't see those as reasons not to try and not to engage, right. but, but those reasons do exist. It's not, you know, it's not without blowback. Um, but right. then again, like what worth doing is without blowback. I mean, what, like, what are you going to do in the world that's worth doing that gets you no blowback? I, I can't actually think of anything. Right. 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 It's true. Yep. Uh, and if we can't, Rainier. if we can't fight and be brave over this, what else can we fight for? If we're not That's right. to fight over this. That's right. And and why is it not my job to do? Like why why should why should you guys carry the burden of wondering whether Miles can walk his dog without being killed? Why should you why should you carry that burden alone? That's not even humane. That's not even humane to wonder if your son 
Rania bikes into the wrong neighborhood yeah. if he's going to get killed. Yeah. Like that, right. you shouldn't carry that alone and you shouldn't be the only one or people who look like you or people who were raised in communities that, where you were raised shouldn't be the only ones trying to change that. We should all be trying to change that. And I, I, I exactly hope. hope, I truly hope that people understand and realize now that it's not exaggerated and that Colin Kaepernick had a purpose and, you know, uh, exactly. they, they're showing him nailing and, you know, do you get it now? Do you understand now? Do you see why now? Right. And, totally. I, and I hope so too. And I, and I fear that, that people kind of hunger down and sit in their positions and the, and when these moments come up, I almost feel like if we don't take advantage of the moment now, make noise now, make a podcast this week, by the end of next yeah. week, this will be right. a memory, right? This will be just another mm -hmm. name maybe that some people will remember and a lot of people will forget. That, mm -hmm. I, I guess if I have a concern and a worry going forward, it's that like it requires one of these crises that happens to be caught on tape, Rania, to your point, right? Like, these happen to be recorded, right? But there's a lot yeah. that's happening that isn't. There's a um, lot that isn't. Right, of course. And and so do we have to wait for these moments to make a statement? Or, you know, do we have the, the, the ability to make some difference when we're not in the middle of this kind of a, this kind of an immediate crisis that happens to get everyone's attention, right? Because I suspect mm -hmm. there's a crisis going in some city in America every minute of every day. Mm -hmm. And it does. And, and like my, my favorite is like what MLK talked about, you know, a man who doesn't have something to which he's willing to die for, you're not fit to live. So yeah. we all have to think about what is it you're willing to die for? And for me, you know, the Constitution is supposed to be equal. We're supposed to be equal. That's what the Constitution said. All men are created equal. It's not true. It's not true. And the cops who are supposed to, it just, drives me crazy. I've been to so many swearing in of police officers and they stand up there and I'm going to protect and serve. And why is it okay if they don't? I just think it, ha it's, it has to be the, law the laws have to change. And here's the protocol. These are on Well, we thought we thought that the body cams were going to make a difference. So why have they not released the body cam? Why they haven't released the body cam? Exactly. Exactly. And that would show what happened before, because we're only seeing in the bystander video what happened once, once George Floyd was them. on the ground. Handcuffed, are, they handcuffed you're wondering them. what. Yes. What, what happened prior? Said, I, I can, what guys, can he have I said can, or I done can, to warrant right, that? I can care less. I can care less, honestly. If you unarmed, if you hit, punch, whatever, the cop's not going to die from that. You can get upset. You can get rough with him. You can put him on the ground. You can handcuff him. You can tase him. You don't have to put your knee on him and disrespect him to that level. You don't have to kill a person. I disagree. I don't care what happened before. He didn't have a gun. Did you hear that man? Police that man... That man was crying for his deceased mama. He was I crying. Know. Did you hear that? Oh my God! Yeah. Yes. I can't. I can't. I, it's. It's. Oh, it breaks my heart. It's. it's I'm gonna be that mother one day. I know. I, I could be that mother one day. I, I could be that mother. My son's 17. I sent him to driver's ed. He does not want to get his permit. He does not want to drive. He doesn't want to drive. 
my son is six seven, thin as anything, 165 pounds, plays basketball, and I know the fear is like, Mom, I'd rather you drive me around. That's mm-hmm. a shame. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get my license. I was driving yeah. 14 on my <laughs> big brother's yeah. lap. I just wanted to be independent. He doesn't want to yeah. drive. Rainia, that's, that's so really sad. powerful. Yeah, it is. It is that that's job. Oh, it's gonna make me cry. He doesn't want to drive. So he's afraid. It's gonna. It makes me cry that I raised these three black boys to have all the tools in their toolkits to go out and be great. Because I tell my boys, you're great. You're wonderful. You're perfectly made. The Lord is on our side. We pray all the time. And and for them to go out and drive and a cop is gonna just just make my son feel like nothing just because of the color of his skin. Mm. I'm so sad and so angry. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired. And everybody should be tired because think about if this was your child. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. And the idea that, that, you know, your guy, he doesn't get to be who he wants to be fully and freely um, no. like my guy does. No. You know, it's just, it's, a, it's an absurdity. No. It is. And it's, and it's a crime no. against humanity and against we, we miss out then on maybe some of the talents of your kids, right? Because they have to kind of cower and fear. What are they holding back? The time. Right. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. applying to college. He's getting recruited by like 15 colleges. He's a basketball player. And I, my husband and I sit for hours. We have to be very selective and careful where we're sending him. There's some states that don't care how great the school is. He's not going. I have to think about that for my son. Where can I send him to college that I feel like He's not going to experience that if he wants to go out on the weekend with his teammates. I have to think about that for hours. Oh, oh my God. Awful. And oh, I awful. think there are people out there, maybe even people who are listening, who would think that was the case in 1963 America, but certainly not 2020, 2020. America. And, 2020. and it is the case in 2020 America. I, I told yeah. Heidi that I wanted to talk about Kieran's. And uh, everybody knows at this point what a Kieran is, right? Yep. I think I don't so. I think so. Yep. Yeah. You, okay. You think your listeners know? <laughs> if, if not, we will, we will, a- Amy we will, uh, Cooper. We'll get together again soon and explain that. But yes, Amy Cooper is definitely a Karen. Yeah. Yes. So somebody decided that white women who are racist got the nickname Karen. I don't know who decided it, but at this point, I mean, that pissed me off to the core, but at this point, that's the least of our problems. Just the least, I think, because we'll never be able to convince somebody like that. She's already made her mind up and uh, is threatened by black men. So all the people that continue to do that stupid stuff, it makes me proud that black man, Christian Cooper, mm-hmm. held his ground and didn't lose his mind like I probably would have. And because <laughs> it could have gone really, really bad. It could have gone. Ter- he could have been killed. But it seems yeah, like she was setting the tone for at least something right. terrible to happen. Right. She was definitely uh, leveraging and weaponizing whatever was going to happen next. Um, yeah. against yeah. him no matter what. Yeah. And I, I I totally agree, Sherry, that, you know, she doesn't deserve a whole lot of people's energy or, or you know, space in their brains or whatever. I I think, you know, for from where I sit, um, you know, I think that 
I felt a responsibility to help people connect, help people who read my columns. And, and a lot of people who read my columns are maybe white women who would take their dogs for a walk and take them off leash um, and think mm-hmm. nothing of it. And, and to, you know, if, if you, if you didn't read the George Floyd coverage and see that video and connect the dots that, Hey, you making, you know, a call that you think is just like, you know, heat of the moment. I'm not going to be bossed around by someone who doesn't know me call. Um, if you haven't connected that yet to the fact that you could get someone killed, Mm -hmm. um, today is the day that you need to connect those dots. Um, and so I agree, like the story, and the attention and the conversations need to be way more on George Floyd, George Floyd, sorry, Ahmaud Arbery, that, you know, mm-hmm. the history of this country, Jim Crow, everything we're saying. And yet I think that she was like a convenient and let's not forget, know, teaching opportunity, I suppose. Let's not forget the black woman who was shot in her home. Um, a Tatiana AMT, Jefferson. Right. Exactly. Playing video games right. with, her nephew, I know, just stood up so to look there outside. There was a more recent one. There was a more oh, recent I'm sorry. one. But Brianna Taylor, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Fact, fact check that, though, on her name. Yeah. But she was in the house with her boyfriend. The police went right. in and just started shooting and killed her. Yeah. There are so many stories. A friend of mine, her son, DJ played with my son in high school basketball and his best friend's name was DJ, honor roll student, lived in the Boston area, went to Pace University, was a football player, was a star, and he got gunned down back in, what, 2010. His name was DJ Henry, excellent, smart student from a great family, and he was the designated driver. That college kid doesn't go out to party once in a while. They should. That's what college is about, everybody. He went out. He was a designated driver. He's He's a star. He did not drink. So when he heard some gunshots, something happened at a party. You can't control that. He runs outside, gets in the car. He calls his sister. He's like, oh, my God, there's something going on inside. And he tells his friends, come out, come out. So his friends start coming. A cop runs up to the car. And he's putting the car, he's nervous. He's putting the car in park and driving. I think he bumped into the car, into the cop, because he was trying to get out of there. The cop fired shots through the windshield and killed this kid. The mother oh for the rest of my life, she has a foundation. This happened, and my good friend, Marvia, is best friends with the mom. And every year, she raises money. She goes out. That's what her cause is now. And her son reminds me a lot of my son. And she's like, I can't believe it. All these years, all he wanted to do was Go to the NFL. He's a straight-A student. He's at Pace University. He's on scholarship. He just went out for a night, and he was—he doesn't drink. And this cop just shot him. Why? Why? Because he was black. That's it. No yeah, one asked. And it doesn't sound like there could possibly be another another reason for that. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't. Um, oh. I, I suspect we don't we don't have Funny a lot of story. time. But I have one last. Can I, can I ask one last question of the two of you? Sure. Do you feel hopeful? Yeah. Do you feel like this could all change? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I feel no. Unless you know, I'm going to tell you. Listen, the top let, let me tell him, Ray Ray. Okay, so. <laughs> I, 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 so I, I didn't sleep last night. Um, right. I've been watching too much news because my husband is a news junkie. I'm menopausal. I'm, <laughs> um, 
just finished e-learning with my teenager. They don't pay teachers enough, mm. by the way. Um, <laughs> right. I am just feel like I could snap at any moment. Um, have I lost hope? No, but I don't. I feel like things are going to get worse before they get better. I, yeah. I never lose yeah. hope because we're we're a faithful family. If I'm, I, I trust God, I believe that all things are possible through Christ, and and this will change. But it won't change unless it's the same people we're preaching to the choir. We need white allies. We need the laws changed, and we need more. Pe- we need people. We need a leader. We need somebody to lead the charge to come up with what is our. What are we going to do? We need a task force. We need an action plan. And, and that's what I'm hoping is somebody steps up to the plate and, and there's something that's going to be done. It just can't be these momentary snippets of this happened. It lasts a week, the last two weeks and it's gone. And then there's another right. one. It, and this is our prayer. High level. This, this, this is our prayer when our, when our boys leave the house <laughs> whenever they can. And hopefully the future, because my kid is going stir crazy and he wants to, uh, meet up with some girls, Lord help us. But my prayer <laughs> is that God keeps a hedge of protection around my son when he's out and I'm not with him. Exactly. That's my prayer. Mm. That's my ki- That's my prayer for all the kids of color. And I'm not saying that I'm not praying for the kids that aren't white, but you don't. You don't have the same stresses. You don't have the same things that you have to think about. You don't. You do not have these 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 fears that we have so i pray for all the children and and men these are not just children the right. men these are black right. men yes. yeah that are yeah are being killed with with no weapon no weapon nothing oh my goodness yeah i think we can yeah. join you in those in those prayers for sure and my bias Thank would you. be if you're willing that we do this again sometime in the not too distant future i think that's a great, great. idea Absolutely. I would Absolutely. love to. And I have both Rania and I have other friends who would be happy to chime in as well with okay. with their perspectives, because um, we all have different life stories. And yeah. we've, all, we've all felt it in some way, somehow, racism, that is. We've all. Yeah. Felt exactly. It. We mm-hmm. all have. Yeah. And, and we need that. We all have. Yeah. And we have a responsibility to bear witness to that and to do everything in our power to change that. I mean, we absolutely do. Definitely. And thank you for laying out the mandate and for being so forthcoming and emotional and carrying yourselves with such grace here. Um, um, I I think you feel this way, Heidi. I'm so appreciative that you were willing to to take some time with us today. I yes. would do anything for Heidi Stevens. <laughs> Sherry, I love so you. So would we all. Oh, yay! Oh, Sherry. I love you. Thank you for sharing and being part of the solution. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I honor you both, and I will add you to my prayers. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so All right. Much. Thanks, everybody who's listening, too. I hope this is you know, and uh, inspires you to do what's in your power to help, you know, be part of the solution, right? Yeah. And let us know your thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.